Hey, welcome to the More Life, Less Drama podcast. I'm your host, Prue Sulisic, and I'm here to lead you to a more fulfilling and peaceful life. Each week I will share stories, have great conversations with women just like you, and explore different topics on personal growth. This is not some fancy podcast bringing you extraordinary stories. I'm just here keeping it real, raw, and honest, so you know it's possible for you too. I want you to know yourself so well, nothing stands in your way. So let's get to it. Life is waiting. Hey, beautiful friends. How are you? Another week, another podcast episode, and this will be number eight. So welcome to episode eight of the More Life, Less Drama podcast. This week, I've got a cool conversation to have with you today. It's about having hard conversations. And even though I know nobody's jumping for joy about having hard conversations, it is something that I'm going to encourage all of you to do because it can change your life immensely. And before I begin, because I've got some a few things that I want to walk you through about having these hard conversations and leave you with some tips that have helped me to have hard conversations, I actually want to have a hard conversation with you first. I do this because I love you. And I want you to be educated about yourself. This is still hard for me though, to have these blunt conversations with you. And it hopefully will give you an insight into how hard conversations can go. You see, I need to tell you a few things. And I know it may be hard to hear at first. And as I said, it's hard for me to say. The main thing is I want you to hear that you are ordinary. And I do say this, this with so much love and I'm really leaning into the ordinary about myself too. It's pretty much the whole basis behind this podcast. It's to show how ordinary we are and how ordinary people are just doing ordinary things all the time. The second thing I want to tell you are that your problems are not unique. I talk to people all the time, obviously, as a person, (laughs) but also as a life coach. And honestly, everybody comes to me with a problem that they want to solve and their problems are not unique. My own problems are not unique. They're felt by millions of other people around the world, the same problem. Yes, different circumstances, but the same problem. So I want you to just hear that, that your problems are not unique. We think they are. We think that we're special by having these problems, that we need special treatment and that we need special consideration or something or that nobody knows how I'm feeling. And that is just absolute rubbish. Everybody knows how you feel and pretty much everybody's having a similar problem. (laughs) And it's just, it depends how we're like working through them that make us different. I also want to tell you this last thing, and this is maybe the hardest part. I want to tell you that you are the reason you feel so bad because people come to me all the time and they feel bad. That's why they generally engage a life coach or a therapist or whatever is because they feel bad. They don't know how to shift the negative emotions. I just want to say that again. You are the reason you feel bad. It's you indulging in your negative emotions and your unwillingness to take action to solve them. Oh, I know that hurts hard, doesn't it? That hits badly. (laughs) And I'm laughing because I laugh and I'm uncomfortable. So I am uncomfortable saying these things. So I'm going to say them again just to make you even more uncomfortable and for me to just to really step into this discomfort that I'm feeling. So the first thing I told you was you were ordinary. The second thing was that your problems are not unique. And the third thing was 
you are feeling bad because you're indulging in your own negative emotions that you have created. Oh, okay, great. I'm not going to go much more into that right now, but I just needed to say that to you. And like I said, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable saying that and it makes my heart race. Like before I got onto this podcast, I was like, oh, should I do this? But I had this real draw to actually say that. When I sit down to write my podcast notes, I, yeah, I have lots of information coming in and it's like, what do I need to tell people today? Because I want to hear, want people to hear what's important for them to hear. There's lots of rubbish out, out there that, and information that we can um, consume. And I want to be the information that actually makes a difference. I really do. That's really what I want from this podcast. And so it makes me have that knot in my stomach that I need to needed to tell you that and that it's not very comfortable to hear. A lot of you might be like, stuff that Prue, that is not right. My problems are unique and someone else is causing them. And they might be like, right, I'm out now. I'm not listening to you again. And that's fine. That is part of the fear that I have that is a consequence of me saying these things because not everybody will agree with me and I know that. So yeah, my stomach's in knots, my heart's racing. I'm feeling really uncomfortable and And yeah, I just wanted to tell you that it's okay. You are allowed to say what you believe to be true for others so you can actually help people along the way. Because me telling you that you're ordinary is actually going to be beneficial for you. (laughs) And I know that because, look, social media is rife with extraordinary people doing extraordinary things. And I really am on a mission to just bring it down a few notches, just to show everybody that actually we're all just doing fairly ordinary things, like daily life is made up of ordinary things. And sometimes telling you that your dreams are always possible and that you'll always live the life of your dreams and that you'll always be happy is actually going against what I believe to be true. And yes, it would make me feel good in the moment, telling you that all your dreams are possible, that anything you put your mind to is you're able to achieve. And on the other side of that, really, it's it's not beneficial. It only feels good in the moment because we, we, we get into that state. Yet long-term benefits possibly are doing having a negative effect. So you see, my commitment to you on this podcast is to be ordinary, is to show you that being ordinary is okay and to support you into being ordinary too, like to support you in your ordinary lives, to live in this, this place that I like to say, which I got off my coach, is to live in this 50-50, which means 50% of the time, you're going to feel great. 50% of the time, you're going to feel bad. <laughs> okay. So, and that's just the rule of life. We can't have the negative without the positive. It's the polarity. And I want you to really hear that. And I want you to really own it. And this is not to say that some of you or all of you or none of you (laughs) are being extraordinary or doing extraordinary things. Because I know in my life, I have done extraordinary things for short moments of time. You know, I consider, you know, birthing my children naturally extraordinary. Yet that was only for moments in time. And it's not to say that you can't be extraordinary too. But I also want you to know that if you're just feeling that you just want to live a simple, small life, that you are absolutely worthy of that as well. 
and that and that it's okay. And I just wanted to follow up that brief conversation with a quick story about my trip to Westfield the other day. And I was, when I went to Westfield, I was really in this awareness. I was being very present in my surroundings, really taking everything in because there's lots of people there, like there's hundreds of people. And I was just noticing, noticing what was going on. And once I left, I said to my daughter, you know, the notion of being extraordinary, to have it all, to look and dress like designer from head to toe, have the designer handbag, the beautiful heels, the tan, the long flowing blonde blonde hair, the perfect figure, the show-stopping, you know, strut that you would see on the Paris catwalk like in a Westfield. Well, it almost doesn't exist. And I say almost because, yes, it is definitely out in the world, but I tell you what, it wasn't over at Westfield when I was there. I did not see one person that looked like what I see on social media. We were all just everyday people doing everyday things and not one person made me stop and go, wow, she's living the life. Like we were just there, all just getting our groceries, shopping at Kmart, having a cheesecake from the, the middle kiosk in the in the center there. And, you know, some parents were like wrangling, screaming children and looking frazzled and wearing dirty T-shirts and ripped jeans, bare feet, all the rest of it. And I just left there going, oh, see, we are all just ordinary. We are all just ordinary and that is okay by me. <laughs> so it's like a little bit of proof that we are just ordinary. Look, there might be some people in there doing extraordinary things, but it's not an outward thing. Being extraordinary usually is inward and possibly in organizations that you don't even know exist. So to end this piece, I want before and before we get into the main the main piece of what I want to talk about is that I do want you to know something else. And as much as I've just told you that you're ordinary and that your problems aren't unique and that you're the reason that you feel so bad, I also want to tell you, you are also just worthy, just as you are, worthy of your place on this planet, in the shoes that you're standing in and in your life. Nothing you will do or have done will make you more or less worthy. And I just wanted you to know that just in case you didn't know because a lot of people don't feel like they're worthy and therefore don't do stuff. And I just want you to know that you're always, have always been worthy. Ever since the moment you were born to the moment you will die, you are worthy. And nothing you did or didn't do is going to change that fact. Okay, so let's get on to the main piece of this. So like I just had that hard conversation with you and told you some what I know to be true, it might be different from others, but it was a hard conversation. In this episode, I do want to talk more into what that looks like because I know us ordinary people living ordinary lives, we're just we're having lots of difficulty. We're suffering a lot. We have lots of emotions coming up all the time. And I just want to help you with that. I want to be able to help you solve some of these problems that you are having in your own lives. So we're going to talk through like what is a hard conversation, why it's important to have them what stops you from having them and my best tips on having hard conversations. So I'll leave you with some tips at the end. So make sure you stay to the end and maybe you could get out 
a pen and paper to write down some information that I give you to help you actually follow through and have a hard conversation. So the first thing is, what is a hard conversation? And basically, I just want to say this. Any conversation that makes you feel uncomfortable could be considered hard. (laughs) So you can imagine so many times. How many times have you not said something because you're like, oh, God, that feels really uncomfortable. And so you just don't say anything. You just brush it under the carpet. So there's definitely a scale of hardness regarding these conversations. Like some things are really, really, really hard. Like they feel like a lot. And then there's other things that maybe are more of an annoyance. And so, yeah, there is a scale and I'm not going to go too much into that, but just know that there's all hard conversations are not equal. It's very subjective, you see, because it can, it's all about who, what, what the topic is, what your history with the person is that you're about to have the conversation with. And there are just so many variables. So just know that. So every hard conversation is different. There's not like a one size fits all that you can have in a hard conversation. It's really easy to bypass these hard conversations in the moment. And that is usually when you know a hard conversation needs to happen when you're like, oh, I'm just going to sidestep that one. And you just like turn around and just walk off in the other direction. So you don't even have to be confronted with the hard conversation. We do that because we want to feel better in that moment. However, the long-term result of not having the hard conversation like then or in a, in a moment where you've actually got some, had some time to think about it is that nothing will change. And I just wanted to offer you this because there is a like a huge statistic around divorce and there's, you know, divorces, but I've just heard that stats of divorce are just rising and rising. You could imagine that a lot of people that are asked for a divorce, they, I hear that they're shocked, you know, didn't you even see it coming? They're like, no, I had no idea what was going on. And it's because the the people in the in the relationship weren't willing to have a hard conversation. So, and it might have started way back when they were an engaged couple or a young couple getting together. So, I sort of wrote this scenario down because it was a good example of this. You're engaged to be married, and your partner says something to you that is, in your opinion, disrespectful, and that that again is subjective, and it evokes a feeling in you which you don't like, and you really want to say something, but you didn't because, well you love him and or her and you feel really uncomfortable bringing that up because they really didn't have any idea that they made you feel that way. And so it comes out in other areas of life, like it sort of oozes out in other areas like resentment and frustration. But you just weren't willing to go there in that moment or even bring it up again. You're like, oh, look, the moment's passed. I won't even bring it up again, you know, whatever. It's, it's mostly just a me problem. So time goes on and they might do it again and you still might get that same feeling. You're like, wow, this is, this is a little bit of a problem, but look, for the first five years of our relationship, I haven't said anything. So I can't say anything now because well, that's just how they are. And if I said something now, they'd be like, what? Like, I've always been like this. This is just me. And so you're like, oh, this is, again, this is a me problem. I can't bring it up now. Like they're going to, be uncomfortable with this. Like, what are they going to think of me? And all these things that go through your brain. And then a decade later, a decade passes and all of a sudden you're at your wit's end and you feel completely disrespected all the time. His actions maybe haven't changed that much. 
Yet the 15 years of you feeling that disrespect without ever having a conversation with them about it makes you just reach your point of no return. You're like, actually, you know what? I'm done. I want a divorce. And they're like, what? Wait, <laughs> what happened here? Like, I have no idea what happened. So you can see by if if you or they were willing to have a conversation when it first came up, when it first came up into your life and you felt that feeling that you didn't like and you knew it could be solved with the conversation, imagine 15 years down the track, maybe you haven't spent 15 years resenting the other person or feeling the disrespect that you have felt. And it all comes back back down to this hard conversation that you weren't willing to have. So that's an example. And I know it's an extreme example, but like I said, stats of divorce are on the rise. And a lot of times the, the solution behind this could be actually having hard conversations. Not always, of course, there's exceptions. And so now I just want to ask you, like get your brain like churning around. Is there something that you want to talk about to somebody with? In this present moment right now, have you not had a conversation with somebody because you felt too uncomfortable to have it? And who's that person? What do you want to have the conversation about? What is it? What's the root problem for you to have that conversation? What are you feeling? And so just spend a minute and just think about that. It's like, okay, actually, yeah, I really want to have a conversation with my best friend. I really want to have a conversation with my mother. Who is that person? And how will it improve your life potentially if you have this conversation? So what stops you? As I've already mentioned, a feeling will stop you. If you feel uncomfortable, your brain's like screaming at you, like don't do anything to feel uncomfortable because your brain wants to keep you safe. I've talked about this in previous episodes. So you don't say anything. You could be feeling like uh, an emotion of fear because it's an unknown conversation. You might be bringing up things that you have never brought up before. So you're like, I don't know how they're going to react. I'm not sure. I'm really scared about what I might say or how I'm going to say it, or am I going to hurt their feelings, which is the second one. So the first one is feeling a feeling, which is usually fear, or it can be anything, shame, confusion, doubt, anger, that could stop you. You're like, oh, I don't want to feel that. So I'm just going to shut it down right now. And the second one is trying to mitigate others' feelings in a certain way. Just recently, I had a conversation with my husband, Joel, and it was tough. And I really wanted to have the conversation with him. And I was worried about how he would respond. I was like, oh, this is a bit, this is difficult. He might respond negatively. He might be, he might get angry that I think this about him or am bringing this up. And so, yeah, me not having the conversation because I was trying to mitigate his feelings is not the solution. It's about having conversation together to figure it out together. But I have done that, look, thousands and thousands of times, not had conversations because I thought it might hurt someone else's feelings. And I bet you have too. I bet you, and I've said those words, you're like, oh, damn it. Yeah, I have. I do that all the time. I don't want to hurt my mom's feelings. So so I'll just keep doing the things that I don't want to do. I don't want to hurt my husband's feelings. I don't want to hurt my kids' feelings. We're always thinking about other people's feelings. But remember, our feelings are on us. So we can't actually (laughs) make people feel anything. Uh, The third thing is maybe you go into a negative feedback loop. This is where you feel a feeling and then your critical mind 
berates you for feeling the feeling, and then it goes round and round and round. From this, you end up feeling totally confused and usually come back to the conclusion that it's all in my head and I shouldn't even worry about it. So again, we lift up the carpet and we sweep it under there and we're like, we'll just put it there. We won't need to think about it again. Problem is we've got unresolved emotion. When unresolved emotion doesn't get processed, it sits in our body and it can come back in all sorts of ways, but generally it sits there until you solve it, until you process it all the way through. That's definitely another episode. And then the next thing is that your belief system might stop you from having the hard conversation. It's possible that like how you have been raised to handle conflict will be the thing that stops you. If you've never experienced someone or people around you having calm, positive conversations around difficult topics, then you may not know how to do it, which is great because I'm going to actually help you today to do that. And then if you've had lots of negative experience around conflict, if people like fight and argue and throw plates and uh, even get physical in these times where someone brings something up, you might go into that real nervous system response, which is that fight, flight, freeze, fawn response. And that then goes back to point one, right? Because it's a feeling stops you. So if it's stopping you usually in some sort of like freeze response, I suppose, and you're like, oh God, no, too scared to do that because I've only ever seen people argue about this and it gets physical. So God, no, I'm never going to go there. So you don't say anything. So you don't do anything. So your belief system might tell you things like never disrespect your elders. So if you're wanting to have a conversation with your parents about something, you're like, oh God, well, I can't disrespect them. And that if I had that conversation, it would be disrespecting them. Or it might say things like your parents know best. Again, we are like full grown adults here and we still sometimes look up to our parents to get their approval for things. It still happens. Sometimes I do it. I've just noticed recently that I've always do that around financial decisions. And I always go to my dad, like I'm 40, 46 in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so I think I can stop asking my dad about my finances. It's totally okay. Mind you, side note, here's my accountant. So maybe there's a little bit of a blurred line there, but still, you know what I mean? Sometimes we always go to people to get uh, questions answered. And so the belief system might say your parents know best. So anything that your parents say, no, don't do that. You can't go against them. You can't have a hard conversation and bring that up. That's just like against the rules. Another thing that your belief system might say is if it's not broken, don't fix it. So if things are just looking pretty dandy on the outside, then the feelings that you have just must be your problem. It's not broken. Don't fix it. Like your relationship's fine on the outside. It's fine. Don't fix it if it's not broken. Things like that. And there also might be another sentence that says, it's rude to talk about X, Y, Z, whatever your conversation is about. So it might be money, sex, politics, whatever, religion. If it's a conversation about those things and you're like, hey, that is so rude to talk about those things. If you've been told that and that's just your belief system, it might really stop you from having these hard conversations. So that comes to the next point, which is why is it important to have hard conversations? 
And I've already touched on when I was talking about the the divorce rates when the couple, when they first were dating or newly engaged and they didn't have a conversation when they felt a negative emotion, led to 15 years later them getting divorced, you know, citing disrespect in their marriage. That actually happens. So it's important to have hard conversations because it can have a long-term negative effect on your on your life. It's like a net negative result. If you yeah, if you're having a net negative result, then by having hard conversations, you're actually having a net positive result, I suppose. Even though it feels uncomfortable. And I'm reading a great book at the moment, and it's been on my list for feels like years. I finally grabbed it at the bookshop. And it's the book by Mark Manson, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. <laughs> and I'm early on into the book, and it's, but it's, it's fantastic. I would recommend it so far. And he says that negative emotions are a call to action. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, that's exactly what they are. They're a call to action because it's after he explains that we all have problems and when you have a negative emotion, what he calls feedback, it's your brain's way of telling you that there is a problem that is unaddressed and unresolved and action is what can solve it. I just thought that was brilliant. I'm like, yes, I love how people articulate things really easily and I feel like I, I'm over here mumbling and stumbling over all the all the details without even getting my point across. <laughs> and then I read like a paragraph and I'm like, oh my God, they just said everything that's been in my brain for the last five years in one paragraph. So yes, that's exactly what it is. So negative emotions are a call to action. That's what I just told you. <laughs> and if you're having a negative emotion, it's your brain's way of telling you that there is a problem that is unaddressed and unresolved. And what can resolve it? Action, i.e. a hard conversation. So if something happens in your body and it has a negative emotion, it's giving you feedback that something needs to be addressed. And you can address this by action, having that hard conversation. But if you are unwilling to address it, you're choosing the negative emotion to stay, essentially. Yeah, that's that great saying by Laurie Buchanan, I think it is, who says what you're not changing, you're choosing. And so if you're unwilling to have that hard conversation, well, you're simply choosing the result of that which is might, might be that net negative result, i.e. the divorce 15 years after you got married. That could be on you if you don't have the hard conversation. So if you want to solve problems and life is all just a big whole big bunch of problems, daily problems that we need to solve. Some are easier than others, but if you want to get through life, you just have to become a great problem solver. And great problem solving requires communication and communication requires hard conversations. So that is why you need to have hard conversations. So if you're too scared to ask your mother not to call between the hours of 6 and 8 p.m. because it's hectic with your kids and then she keeps calling in those hours, you have no reason to be angry at her, have you? <laughs> you are choosing anger instead because you're not choosing to have a hard conversation. In this instant, a hard conversation is necessary. So yes, it might be really difficult to say to your mum, hey mum, like I love you to bits and I love that you call me, yet calling me in those hours is really difficult for me and puts a lot of pressure on me and strain on me. And so I was wondering if we can organise another time to have that call. And I don't know how your mother will respond in this circumstance. I have no idea. 
But that's, it's not the point. It's not the point how she responds. If she takes offense to it and then doesn't call you for a week, you know what? You can't control the other person. You can only control you. And if you're showing up, having these hard conversations in a loving, caring way, then you're doing the best you can to get the outcome that you want. And that's best for everybody. And again, you can't control other people. And so you can only do your best in these circumstances. So here are some other examples of uh, statements that people and problems that people come to me with when I'm doing life coaching or just out in the world or even my own. And so I've just made a list of 13. So the first one that I've heard a lot is, you know, my my dad never tells me he loves me and insert whoever you want here into this sentence. So my dad never tells me he loves me. Okay, and I, I want you to think about these these statements when you're thinking about having hard conversations and how they are true for you. Like if you're not willing to have a hard conversation when things like this come up and you complain about them or you bring them up as a problem in your life, yet you're not willing to have a hard conversation, maybe if one of these prompt something from you, maybe it's something that you can consider doing in the future. The second one is, my husband never does anything to help with the kids. The next one, my best friend never calls me. I only ever call her. The fourth one, my husband never surprises me on my birthday with gifts. Number five, my mum never offers to look after the kids. Number six, my parents never watch my kids' sporting events. Number seven, when I'm on a diet, my partner always buys rubbish to eat in front of me. Number eight, I'm sick of cooking every night. No one helps. Number nine, my work colleagues always leave before I do and leave me with their workload. Number 10, I'm always being interrupted at work and feel overwhelmed. Number 11, my invoice is unpaid and it's so annoying. Number 12, I feel like I do all the work in my group project. Number 13, my dad or whoever only calls me when he wants something. So they are just a broad list of examples that I've heard over the years in my, in life and through life coaching that people come to me and present as problems and that they're feeling some negative charge with. And I can actually help people solve them by actually stepping into the action of having a hard conversation. And, you know, it also aligns with setting boundaries and creating agreements between people. So you can look at it like that as well. Okay, so lastly, after we've talked about what a hard conversation is and why you don't have them and, yeah, what's stopping you, I'm going to give you my best tips on having these hard conversations because the action is where the gold is. Like if you're not taking the action, then nothing's going to change because remember, what you don't change, you choose. So here goes. Number one, the first part of understanding if you need to have a hard conversation is actually figuring out what problems need to be solved because sometimes some problems are just our own thought errors like our thoughts that are or belief systems that are not aligning with our lives today and so knowing what are actual problems yeah from that list pretty much all of those things could be solved with a conversation and then there's other things that You just need to work on your own thinking and your own self to solve. So figure out what problems need to be solved and 
what emotions are justified. That's the next part of that point one. Well, firstly, I just need to have a little caveat and say that all emotions are valid. Like anytime you feel an emotion, it's valid. Like I'm not going to ever tell you that having emotions is bad because it's just the human experience. As humans, we have emotions. That is just remember the feedback that we get about what's going on in our lives and around us. It's not that they're not valid, but are they justified? And so what I mean by that is you might have heard someone having a meltdown over a pair of undies left on the floor. <laughs> it might it might be you, like seriously. I think it might be me on numerous occasions where at the end of the day, maybe something's like you've had a really bad day. <laughs> you've been walking around doing all the things all day. And then you might have cleaned up the whole house and you walk upstairs and you see a dirty pair of knickers on the bathroom floor or on the bedroom floor or whatever, and you actually lose the plot. You have a full emotional meltdown over a pair of knickers. (laughs) And really, you hear people say, it wasn't really the knickers. And it's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It was never the, the knickers that were like causing the emotional response. It was all the other things leading up to that. Knickers. So it was like the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. The pair of knickers is not, doesn't really justify an emotional meltdown. So that's not the problem. So the pair of knickers on the floor is not the problem, or the person that put them there is not the problem. It might be the complete ignorance of your family members towards household chores. That might be the problem. Okay. So it goes deeper than that. It's like if you sort of stepped it back and figured out where really the anger or the frustration is coming from the most, it might be a bigger problem than just one pair of knickers. If you were to chunk down a little bit more, it might be actually the communication that is not being met in this instance. Can you see the difference? I hope I'm explaining this well enough. I feel <laughs> feel like I'm babbling a little bit. It's understanding where the emotion comes from at its core. So it's important for you to figure out the actual problem through all the messy bits of life. And to do this requires awareness. That's usually what will actually help you figure this out. And it's definitely something I can help with. Then the next part of that is, so so the, that first part as a wrap up, it's for you to actually, to figure out what the actual problem is that needs to be solved and that the hard conversation will help solve, help solve. Uh, The second part is understand who the conversation needs to be with because in the case about the knickers, it might be simply having a conversation with your co-parent or your partner, your husband or your wife rather than having a conversation with all your young kids about household chores. It might actually be a frustration that you have between not supporting each other in getting the chores done or getting the kids to do the chores. That might be really the underlying underlying thing that's not being met and so you have to figure out who the best person is to have this conversation with if you're in the workplace the frustration might be with your colleagues but possibly that's not where the conversation needs to be had you might actually have to have the conversation with your manager or your like your support person the next part is to invite the person that you want to have the conversation with into the conversation Do not, and I repeat, do not just pounce and dive into the conversation right away without even getting their permission to have the conversation with them. Because when people are unaware of what's going on, they get defensive. 
And from defensive, usually nothing gets solved. So always give them time to respond and then set a time that works for both of you. Like I said, do not just jump into the conversation straight away, especially when you are feeling all the negative emotion, because sometimes negative emotion can make us do things that we don't like about ourselves or might regret later. Like we might say things that we're not really like that aren't really aligned with who we want to be. So invite the person into the conversation, get a mutual agreement that you were going to have the conversation. And then before that conversation happens, and this is why it's important to set it into the future and not to dive into it straight away, is that I want you to spend time asking yourself some simple questions to understand what you want out of this conversation. Because no good going into a conversation and not really even thinking about what outcome you want. So three questions, no, four questions to ask yourself. What is it that you want to get from this conversation? Like I remember when I was just recently wanting to have a hard conversation with Joel, a different one from the last one that I was telling you about. (laughs) I had plenty of hard conversations recently. I feel like I I can do this. This is why I can help you out with it. And I walked around my estate like there's, we've got this beautiful track and I was walking out getting a bit of grounding done at the same time. But I was like, okay, I want this conversation, but what is it actually, what's it going to solve? What do I want out of it? And I really gave myself time to feel into it. When I was really feeling into what I wanted from the conversation, I had some clarity about how to approach it. So that's the first question. The second one is, how am I feeling, which makes me feel the need to have it? And I think this is also, and I feel it's also very important because when you're not understanding how you feel, you can't then articulate it to somebody else. Firstly, you need to know how you feel so you can share it with the other person. So it's important to tap into your feelings, which is why being really literate with your emotions is important. So it's important to understand all, like a whole range of emotions rather than just a few, because having emotional literacy is so important in actually achieving what you want to want to feel in the end result. Because let's face it, really what you want out of this is actually to feel better. That's basically what you want. The third one is, what do I think the solution is? Brainstorm what you think the solution is because you can then come into the conversation with solutions because we need to have solutions to actually solve the problem. So spend time thinking about those solutions. And then the last one is, how can I prepare myself to say what I need to say and be open to feedback? So this just allows you to maybe take off your armor and put your sword down (laughs) (laughs) and just allow yourself to be vulnerable and also be open to feedback as well because conversations aren't one-sided. There's two people in it and they both sometimes will have varying opinions and it's okay that that's happened. And so how can you prepare yourself to be in that conversation without getting defensive? So that's the that's the four questions. Then the next part in is in having these hard conversations is to actually take the action. It is so easy to invite the person into the conversation, think about what you want out of it, and then think, oh, 
I actually feel better about this, just me doing that, those little, those pieces of the hard conversation. But I'm going to urge you to follow through on having the hard conversation. Because when it comes to the crunch, you might want to run away. You might think, oh God, this is really too hard. And you just want to brush it off. But this, my friends, is the most important piece, the follow through. So nothing will change if you don't have the conversation in the long term. You might have solved it and felt better in the moment by just even just like running through those questions. Yeah, you need to have the hard conversation still. You need to bring the other person into the story and into the solution. As much as you just want to roll over and go to sleep, have the conversation. So power in the follow through. And the last piece of this is self-compassion because I don't want you to be hard on yourself. I want you to know and have so much love for yourself right now that you're even considering having a hard conversation because damn, it's hard. It is hard. It's hard for a reason. And it's okay for you to set boundaries and ask for what you want and to show people what you don't want and to show how their behavior possibly could hurt you or frustrate you or irritate you, whatever the feeling is. So I just want you to be so kind to yourself right now and just go into this just knowing that you're doing this for the for a greater good, like for a bigger purpose than just you and you want to solve these problems as they come up because that's how you can live, yeah, especially if it's in a relationship, a long sustaining relationship. And yeah, and it goes for anything. So just be super kind to yourself. I do not want you to think that you're doing things wrong and that this is too hard and maybe it's just all in my head. No, I want you to just be kind. That's what I want you to do most. So as a recap, figure out what the actual problem is. Understand who you need to have the conversation with. Invite the person into the conversation and spend time before the conversation going through those little those questions that I asked you and then take action and follow through and have the conversation and have heaps of self-compassion and kindness for yourself in the moment. I've given you lots of info and I know it's gone on a while, but I really hope it's helped. I know, like I said, I've been having hard conversations these last few weeks a lot and it's necessary and it does make you feel better once you have them. It's hard in the moment and sometimes I don't always result in what you think it's going to be. Like there might be a bit of pushback, but in the long term, it's it's for the long term good, like I said. Remember that balance of 50-50, living in the 50% when it's good, when it's actually good and not always falling into, oh, into the bad all the time. And so by managing these small problems, like one problem at a time, you will actually you'll feel better and you'll have your 50% of good rather than living always in the bad. So because I love to leave you with a thought to think on purpose every week, the thought this week is care of Laurie Buchanan, what you are not changing, you're choosing. So anytime that you feel yourself running away from a hard conversation or brushing it under the rug or saying, oh, it's all in my head, this is just a me problem, I want you to say this to yourself and in those moments, I'm hoping it will motivate you to take action and follow through and have the hard conversation to solve the problem. Okay, my friends, that's it from me. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to More Life, Less Drama. 
All the details of this podcast can be found in the show notes on my website. And if you want to take your growth to the next level, I invite you to become part of my membership program, Be Unshakable, where we take this information and dive headfirst into putting it into action. Go to www.head-coach.com.au for all the details. Until next week.